Church, I invite you to join me in our prayer for illumination. Lord, we ask in your holy name to guide our minds as we hear from your word today. Send your illuminating spirit to guide us by opening our hearts and minds to your word. Let your grace be seen before us and in us. Unite us as a Christian community to lift up one another, bear each other's burdens, and praise the name of Jesus as we reach out to the world. Amen. Our scripture today comes from Acts 16, verses 22 to 30. The crowd joined in attacking Paul and Silas. And the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they threw them into a prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were thrown open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was a freshman in college, I had the privilege to go on a winter trip to Greece. We traced Paul's second missionary journey from Athens to Istanbul. And on one night in a coastal city in Greece, a friend and I decided to climb a mountain. We started up around 10 p.m. and took the winding path using our phone flashlights and the half moon to guide our way. We climbed for about an hour and a half singing and talking until we got to the top. Once there, we looked out and could see the vast Aegean Sea reflecting the moonlight back. At this moment, it got quiet. It felt like we had entered a scene from a movie. The sea, the stars, the town seemed unreal and too large. There came a moment when the vastness of the Aegean Sea and the sky met us and seemingly overwhelmed us. And I was with my friend, yes. But in that moment of being consumed by the vastness, I felt alone. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that feeling or something similar. But when I read today's passage from Acts, it brought me back to that time on the mountain in Greece. We would say that what I felt at the top was this feeling of loneliness. But was I really alone? And we do not encounter uh, this moment on a mountaintop. Have you ever felt alone while sitting next to someone watching reality TV? 
Or maybe that moment of disconnect hits you while you are at a concert with friends or out to eat at Giordino's. Asking if you have ever felt alone is a bit of a silly question, especially now. Seeing as all of us have been told to stay home for the past five months, of course we have felt alone at some point. And now we may feel lonely, but are we truly alone? During this pandemic, we have felt its effects not just through the illness, but through the side effects. Side effects include being locked down in your own homes, needing to be quarantined or isolated from families and friends, going out wearing masks, and often not recognizing our neighbors or friends in public, and losing contact with family members and friends that we are so often used to seeing. It is possible that some of us have thought of this pandemic as an imprisonment. And now to be clear, there's a difference between feeling alone and loneliness. Loneliness, when defined by Les Carter, is a feeling of separation, isolation, or distance in human relations. Loneliness implies emotional pain, an empty feeling, and a yearning to feel understood and accepted by someone. Loneliness is the feeling of isolation and separation. Being alone is not the same as loneliness. The Northwestern Family Institute published an article that talks about three types of isolation and loneliness that people experience, especially now during COVID. The first type is interpersonal isolation. It is similar to our definition of loneliness. It means we are missing the overall or quality connection with our friend group, or what we call our people. The next type is intrapersonal isolation. A sort of isolation from yourself is the feeling you have lost some of yourself, possibly from missing out on opportunities such as graduations, prom, work trips, vacations. You are missing something you value or is important to you. And the third kind of isolation is existential isolation. It is the dealing with life and death and our own mortality. And your unique experience during COVID may cause a gap in how you view life and death. It is losing your freedom, which creates a unique existential experience that others may relate to, but not fully understand. And in a time when we are not physically worshiping together, this can also create a feeling of isolation in our faith. So let us reflect on these three types of isolation, putting them through the lens of faith in our lesson today. In Acts 16, We hear from Luke, the author of this book, about one of the many times that Paul is imprisoned. Paul and Silas had just cast a demon out of a woman who was being used by others to make money by telling people's fortunes. The the men had now lost their money tree. 
and they were furious with Paul and Silas. So they started rumors and riots to turn the town against them. Paul and Silas were put to the whip, beaten, and then imprisoned. And when we typically think about prisons, we go from what we've seen on TV. The white cinder block walls, the bars on windows and doors. But in biblical times, prisons looked much different. On my trip to Greece, we spent time in the city of Philippi, which is where Paul and Silas are being held prisoner in our lesson today. And there I visited a prison cell that had been excavated. This cell is not believed to be the one where Paul and Silas were being held in our lesson today, but it is from the same time and construction to the one they were kept in. You can see the cell was cut out of a rock formation, making a shallow, dark cave in this earthen rock. It was very exposed. And on the day that I went, it was foggy and rainy. You can just imagine on a day like that how cold and wet and miserable it would be in that cell. The prison cell itself is meant to isolate you from other prisoners and people. And in our passage, it tells us that Paul and Silas were taken to the innermost cell. Again, trying to isolate them more. Chained in prison, how did Paul and Silas respond? They praised God. They prayed and sang to God. As their fellow prisoners listened, sweet hymns flowed from their lips as they sat in darkness. As bad as the situation seemed, Paul and Silas sang. They knew that despite how it seemed, God's presence was with them. Jesus was with them. So they were never alone. Many of us, during the circumstance we call COVID-19, can feel isolated from family, friends, and God. We may even feel trapped in our own homes. The four walls we once enjoyed now feel like they are carved out walls of a prison with our doors like metal bars. We did not choose this. The virus has caused us to be forced into isolation, similar to being imprisoned. So how do we, as people of faith, deal with these feelings of isolation? The answer is the same as any child or youth responding to a Sunday school question would be. Jesus! So let us look now at when Jesus felt lonely. Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. Scripture tells us Jesus was tempted in all ways of humans since he lived as one of us. And we see that he was tempted by the devil three times when he was in the desert alone. He lived and felt like us because he was one of us. And after sharing the Passover meal with his closest friends, Jesus took his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. Going into the garden with his disciples, this is where we pick up on our first interaction in the garden 
coming from Matthew chapter 26, verses 38 to 40. Then he, Jesus, said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not stay awake with me one hour. Jesus was anxious. Jesus wanted support from his friends. But they fell asleep, not just once, but two more times after this. In his time of need, Jesus' closest people fell asleep and abandoned him. Jesus knows isolation. Jesus' family also caused him feelings of isolation and loneliness. Through the scriptures, we learn that even though Jesus is the Son of God, his family did not believe in him until after the resurrection. So Jesus has felt lonely and isolated from his friends and family. But has Jesus, the Son of God, ever felt isolated from God? We can find the answer to that question by flipping ahead one chapter to Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Jesus is on the cross and he cries out, Alai, alai, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the first time in existence, Jesus, the Son of God, was separated from his Holy Father on the cross. And Jesus on the cross was taking upon himself all of our loneliness, doubt, separation, and the pain of isolation that comes from our sin. He cried out on the cross for us. But after three days, he rose. He rose again in power, in hope, in grace, and reassurance of reconnecting our direct relationship with God. And by Jesus' powerful but isolating act of love, the power of God that breaks our feeling of isolation and loneliness was made known in a new way. We see our Savior, Jesus, has experienced our struggles of feeling isolated and separated in all ways. So how did Jesus deal with feeling isolated and separated? We see Jesus would intentionally and constantly further his connection with God through prayer, meditation, reading, and acts of service. Intentionally seeking to grow in our relationship with God through the ways Jesus has taught and shown us is vital. 
It is the most important thing for us to do. And here are a few of the many ways that we can. All are meant to be practiced together, so no one is more important than the other as a means of grace. One type of means of grace is by individual practice. That's meaning reading God's word, praying, or attending worship. Another is communal practices, sharing in the sacraments and being accountable to a group of fellow believers. And then there's also works of mercy. By doing good works, such as visiting the sick and imprisoned, seeking justice, and striving to end oppression and discrimination. During our time of quarantine, we should each ask ourselves, how am I actively nurturing my relationship with God? And when we use this time under quarantine as a gift instead of a curse, we will see how God never leaves us alone in difficult circumstances and uses these challenges instead to grow our connection. When connecting with God is our focus, it leads to growth in all relationships. But our relationship with God must come first. And now this addresses how we deal with our own isolation from God. But it still leaves us with the question, how can Jesus heal our feeling of isolation from family, friends, or others? Let's return to Paul and Silas in prison once more. Where did they get their hope from? The answer Again, is Jesus. Jesus was the reason for hope in Paul and Silas. But why? Because they knew Jesus had experienced severe, deep isolation and has felt the depths of that separation. But they also know and have seen that God's grace is sufficient. In an isolated prison cell, they sang. Though beaten and whipped, they praised God. When they found themselves in what must have felt like hell, they prayed. When the doors of their cells were opened and the chains fell off of them, they chose to love and save others. The power to overcome loneliness Isolation and separation comes through connections. First with God through Jesus and then with others. And now we are not just offering up lofty ideas, but as your church, we want to actively help you engage with God and one another. Know that even though our church building may be closed, St. Stephen's Church, its people, and its ministries are still open and active. 
And if you are struggling now or in the future with feeling isolated or lonely from your church, your family, your friends, or God, I have an invitation for you. It is an open invitation to contact the church office who will connect you with myself or one of the other pastors. For we are one body meant to look after each member. And when you contact the church, maybe you are seeking someone to pray for you. And if so, then we can connect you with our calling ministry, which will put someone there with you to pray for you over the phone. We also encourage you to connect by checking out one of our Sunday schools, which will help you connect with others in our church. And if nothing seems to quite fit, then please still call, email us, or direct message us so we can work with you on finding what does fit or perhaps starting something that will. We are not just the church in the church building. So connecting to God comes first. Then it leads us to connect with one another in faith. Then leads us to reaching out to the world. But how do we reach out to the world? And my friends, this is where what is happening already in the church is so great. Our Grace Ministries continues to provide meals to local families. We continue to worship together online and we can invite friends and other family to join us. And you or your small group or your family are invited to join our discussions on racial justice, fighting against inequality. And that is just scratching the surface. Our time is a gift. It just depends on whether we open and use the gift. So my challenge to us is during this time of physical separation that we actively pursue God and encourage others to use their gift. And again, I urge you, please call us. We want to hear from you so we can help you connect and grow. You are not alone. Amen.